regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. I'm Jacques Hopkins, and here with me as well, as usual, is our co-host. What's going on, Dr. K? Not too much. How are you doing down there? Doing well. Well, you know, it's been a kind of a busy hurricane season. We got another one approaching us down here. Uh, But other than that, doing well, continuing down the path of kind of revamping my course and where I'm hosting my course as well. And I think we're officially calling the project, you know, internally the, uh, the Piano in 21 Days Reboot. Oh, very nice. We've been calling it the relaunch, which I never liked because as you know, and and I've mentioned on the podcast many times, I kind of relaunch every month to a quarter of my list. Those are my relaunches. You know, this is, I think reboot is more appropriate because I'm completely re-recording the course. I am coming up with a new offer, new bonuses, and it's uh, it's going to have some really cool features, new features, and it's going to be hosted. My course is going to live somewhere else than it lives today. So a lot of lot of fun stuff and haven't haven't completely nailed down the platform yet, but I, I doubt anybody has done as much research as I have been doing on on course platforms. And I'm excited to share some of that information down the road once I reach some some sort of conclusions. But man, I don't know if you've gone down that, that path at all or you just said you know, so far, hey, Jacques using ClickFunnels, I'm going to host mine on ClickFunnels, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people do. And I think that's still a great way to start. But I've got to graduated past that point, almost at 6,000 students. And I'm really, I've finally kind of honed in on one platform that I really, really, really think is going to work. And I don't see many downsides, but I'm not ready to share that yet because I haven't, we're, we're right. not officially on it yet. All right. And you know, I haven't even told you what it is. Yeah, I I could give a guess, but um, yeah, I'm excited to hear. I'll wait for you to tell me. So, I, uh, is the uh, is the alive piano classes going well? Yes, they're going so well. So we finished up day ten a couple of days ago, and the feedback has been just awesome. And it's it's a completely new curriculum. Like the first four to five days were the same, but since then I have completely changed the curriculum. I'm completely plugging in any holes that were in the last one. And I'm telling you, these these people are as good as as folks in like day 17, 18 of the previous course. Mm. And, and granted, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to just toot my own horn here with this new curriculum. Like these are extremely motivated folks too. That's why they wanted to do it live with me. But the the value of teaching it live, I just cannot stress that enough because I put a tentative, like I wanted to, I wanted to revamp my curriculum a little bit. And I put together an initial new curriculum at the beginning of the boot camp. Well, we got through four, day four, five, it was mostly the same. And then after the fifth day, I was like, you know, we should probably go here next instead of here because I had such a good pulse with where they were. Mm. And I'm I'm kind of I have a plan, but I'm also taking it one lesson at a time too. Because based on how well they're doing, the questions they're asking, and just the general feel of where they are and what they're ready for next, it, you just can't you can't get that without doing it live. Mm-hmm. It's it's an amazing experience, and I can't believe I didn't go through an exercise like this sooner. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it's go it's going well. By the way, you said you had a guest for my course platform. I bet that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, moving forward, what else is going on? 
Oh, uh, up here. So a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that I was trying to get my first uh, virtual lunch and learn booked. Again, uh, you know, my course is on how chiropractors or small businesses can grow their businesses through in-person lunch and learns. And uh, the in-person part of it has been gone due to the pandemic. Um, I did get my first uh, virtual lunch and learn booked for early December, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, other than that, this past weekend, I went on a guy's reunion trip out to Colorado. So um, tons of hiking, biking, uh, frisbee golfing, great weekend. Um, the fun thing there, I did get to catch up with uh, one of my best friends from, we go back to high school, but his name is Buddy, Buddy Rigotti. And uh, early on, when I really got interested in your podcast, I told him, I said, you got to start listening to this. Buddy's an interesting guy. He actually went to college for physical education, non-teaching. And then uh, he got in and started eventually selling mortgages, um, had a house he was flipping when the Las Vegas uh, housing market tumbled in 2008. And he did a pivot and started designing websites. And then from there, transferred over into SEO, uh, search engine optimization. And so when I, I got him to start listening to your course and you asked Actually, just so you know, I've never told you this, but you motivated him to create an online course on uh, how to get on page one of Google. Because he actually, if you if you type into Google today, how to get on page one of Google, um, he currently ranks number five. I mean, he's on that first page. Wow. Yeah. His website, his website is Christers Media, C-R-I-S-T-E-R-S Media. So anyways, he created this course and we launched at the exact same time. And we actually had a little bet. It's like $20, I think. But who would make it $10,000 in sales first? Um, but we've all, <laughs> we've had a little bit of a roller coaster ride here. He had bought, uh, he's, He's always looking for for different ways to make money online. And so he he found that like the specific niche of uh, solar screens was not not very well um, optimized. I think he, he either started or bought a website. And so in the pandemic, solar screens just went bonkers. And so he's been uh, just doing great selling solar screens and kind of took his focus away from the search engine optimization a little bit. Um, and then he has an ebook that he's doing more ebook sales than course sales currently. And then I'm probably at about $8,000 in sales. So I don't know. <laughs> I was talking to him about what his next move is. And he's like, well, he's like, I think I'm going to get back to focusing on the course. So pretty soon here, the race might be on to see who can sell $10,000 in courses first. Well, there you go. You're right there, man. I hope you win. But you know, it's it's very interesting that he's got a course on ranking on the first page, and and he's thank goodness he does rank on the first page. I think that's incredibly important. Oh yeah. But man, I'm sure that's a such a tough term to rank for, right? Yeah. I mean, he just put because it's kind it's kind of meta. It's a, it's an amazing blog post. You sh anybody should go take a look at it. And I actually went through his course, um, applied most of it to my in-person business. And my chiropractic office was on like page three here. If you search Des Moines chiropractor and uh, right now, I think I'm like number three on that first page. So um, his strategies definitely work. Um, you know, the other interesting takeaway, like, you know, when we're sitting around playing on our phones uh, while we were hanging out there, his main social media was Twitter. And I kind of, I don't know, I never used Twitter, but like, is that still something you use at all, Jacques? Yeah, you know, Twitter's great for like real time, just like newsy stuff. So I I don't really use it much for business and I don't really post much on there either. But when I want like just the latest and greatest information on like my sports team or something, then I'll go on there. And uh, and that's that's kind of how I use Twitter. But there's a lot of, you know, creatives and influencers that are using it and posting little snippets here and there and have just tons and tons of followers. But that's certainly not what I use it for. Gotcha. You don't need to go down the rabbit hole, man. You're, you're a social media junkie. 
I know, but it's kind of just Facebook. And so I kind of forget about these other platforms. And yeah, and so it was just weird. It was like, I'm sitting there playing on Facebook and he's over here laughing at something that he sees on Twitter. And I'm like, I forgot Twitter existed pretty much. Now on that note, David, have you seen The Social Dilemma? No, I haven't. You've heard of it though, right? Oh yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my queue. I want to watch it. I actually want to watch it with my wife, which is why I haven't seen it yet. We haven't synced up to, to actually watch it yet, but I've heard good things about it. I heard some crazy things about it. Um, I'm like kind of have mixed feelings about watching it, but because uh, you know, I, I use Facebook a lot for business. I, I don't use it much for personal stuff, but I use it a lot for business and, and other social media platforms. So do you plan on watching it based on what you've heard about it? Um, I'm not opposed to watching it, but I don't think it really changed, changed my habits much. You know, hanging out with this group of guys, the thing that was really obvious, like 24 seven, we had on sports TV. And, uh, as a, not a sports fan, I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that playing on Facebook is better for my brain than watching hours and hours of football coverage. Nope. Nope. You're wrong. Football <laughs> is better. <laughs> <laughs> we can disagree. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we get into our win of the week next? Yeah, well, we have- I, had one, I had one other kind of funny thing that I wanted to share. So, All right, bring it on. All right. So last week uh, in the podcast, you shared about the LSU 100 and uh, how you, you, were, you were added to that list and are going to be invited to an award ceremony. And so I was going for a walk with my wife that night after uh, doing the podcast recording. And she's like, oh, you know, what's going on with Jock? And uh, I told her about how you, you got into the LSU 100. And then I said, uh, yeah, I kind of had to hold my tongue and, and not mention that ultimately it's probably going to lead to a recruiting uh, kind of like a pitch to donate more to the Alumni Association. Yeah. And, and I was just laughing about that. But then, you know, I was thinking like, you know, this LSU 100, rather than being like a cynic like me, like the better way to look at it, it's like this LSU 100 is like this ultimate win, win, win situation that as course creators, we should always be looking for these best practices. And in a lot of ways, it's very similar to back in Tim Shields episode, uh, episode 148, he mentioned the photo contest and how yes, you know, the photo contest, he's like, it rewards his current students. It was a selling, it was an opportunity for him to sell and market his course and uh, just a fun event. And I was like, you know, the LSU 100. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's kind of wrong of me to be a cynic and be like, you know, ultimately they're just going to try to get him to donate more money to the alumni association. But you know, it's a, it's an honest honor for you. And it's just this win, win, win situation that as course creators, we should try to emulate. I was hoping that's where you would go with the comparison because I my mind started going there as you were as well. And I've talked about it before, but but coming out of that Tim Shields episode, you know, the idea for this recital is really on my mind. And one way that I'm been thinking about applying that is with these people that I'm teaching live right now. I'm teaching mm-hmm. these eight people. I'm calling it the boot camp, and we're about halfway through right now. And I could totally picture doing some sort of like live recital at the end to, to showcase what they were able to accomplish and not even do like a sale pitch at the end. I think Tim kind of talked about doing a stack and a sales pitch. I don't see how that could quite fit in. But just by showcasing these people like 21 lessons, here's what they can do. You know, here's song they've prepared for tonight. That I think would sell, you know, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, a win-win, right? They get to right. showcase their talents, their new talents in front of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And other people get to to enjoy hearing, you know, new piano players and what they can do and then potentially get them interested in signing up. And I don't think there's any better way for me to sell my program than for them to hear for for people to hear the music that people are creating on the backside of the course. Well, now, did you say that you didn't feel like you could copy his model of doing a little bit of a webinar afterwards? 
I just can't picture it, man. And look, Tim is not a, he's not like a salesy, sleazy guy in any way. I'm not trying to say that. I just, if I'm going to promote this like recital, come listen to my eight students, come play. And then at the end, I turn it into a sales pitch. That just seems a little off brand. Well, dude, best practices. You got to, you got to actually go watch his webinar. Figure I got to watch it. I got to watch it. You're right. Join, I gotta... join the Facebook group and watch how he does it. Cause you know, the guy that, that was a really impressive uh, conversation. That's one that I went back and listened to. And I was like, this, this is so smart. So obviously he does it in a way that is not off putting. Yeah. Good point. Cause it's not like in the interview, Tim was like, yeah, but I did get a lot of complaints about turning the awards into a sales pitch. No, sounds like he did it the right way. And that's a great point that I need to go mm-hmm. actually check it out and see how he executed on it. All right. Let's bring back a segment that's been gone for a few weeks. It's one of our favorite segments, but other things have been a priority lately. Unfortunately, win of the week. This is where we like to showcase listeners, other course creators who have had a recent win that they want to share with the audience and just provide a little motivation, inspiration to others. Today's uh, win of the week, or I guess this week's win of the week comes from Jonathan Mendoza, who uh, you're familiar with. You listen to his Choose FI podcast. He's actually a good friend of mine. He, we, We're in a, I don't know if I've shared this in the podcast before, but we're in a weekly mastermind together. Um, there's about five of us in there and, and, and uh, Jonathan's one and I'm one. And we've met for a couple of years now. And Jonathan, Jonathan, until about six, eight weeks ago, didn't have a course. He's been very, very successful with his online business. Most of his revenue comes from just like advertising on his podcast and promoting affiliates. So this is really the first time that he was going to have a product of his own, right? Where instead of promoting other other products. And so he went through my course, my online course accelerator. But here, here's a problem, David. The problem is that course is designed for complete beginners, right? Mm. And we talk a lot about audience building and, and things like that, where Jonathan's not a complete beginner as far as online business goes, being an influencer, audience, and all that. So that's one of the one of the experiences I've had in the past couple of months that led me to realize there's really three main groups of people that I can help and that need help in the course creation space. Right now, I kind of look at it as we've got our complete beginners, and then we've got our course creators who have, have courses, have made sales, want to take it to the next level. And so I have a program for each of those two types of people. However, there's a huge huge group of people like Jonathan who have audiences already, have businesses already, and of course makes a perfect mm-hmm. uh, makes perfect sense to add to what they're already doing. But the path to success with a course is very different than the other mm. two groups of people, right? So Jonathan um, came to me for some help with his course. And I said, look, you can go through my course, the online course accelerator. But on top of that, I need to give you some one-on-one advice. And so the whole time he was putting this together was during my five-week road trip. And so we had a lot of conversations on the phone while I was driving in, in Utah and Colorado and, and Montana and, and whatnot. But he he just like, he did this so fast. He did it so fast and he had it, but he had his audience already. If you've got the audience already, it's so much easier than starting completely from scratch. And if you have the audience already, I highly recommend you start with a live webinar. You put together an amazing offer. You don't put the course together yet and you present the material live over the sequence of a few weeks, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. But in my case, I've had my course for seven years. Now I'm just revamping it. But if you don't have a course yet, but you have an audience, presenting the information live is amazing Mm. because you get that feedback right from the start on how your curriculum works. And so- that's kind of the path that Jonathan took over like a three-week period going from nothing to lots of sales. Oh, man. <laughs> lots of sales. Yeah. So let's, I guess, let's go ahead and play it. Sure. And then we'll talk about it a little more in the back end. So without further ado, here is this week's win of the week. 
Hey, everyone. Just wanted to share a quick win. I have had a course that I wanted to create probably for well over a year. And there just there was too much friction. Uh, I just felt like there were going to be too many things that I would need to learn to get to the part that I actually wanted to do, which was creating the course. Like I just felt too daunting. I was I'm, I love learning new things, but I had a lot on my plate and I just didn't have time to go look at all the resources that were out there to figure out what are the trusted ones and what the best practices actually would look like for me. So I did nothing. But thankfully, I had several conversations with Jacques and I realized this is a guy that knows what he's talking about. And I realized, all right, I, I trust this guy. And he takes something that can be very complicated and he makes it very easy to understand and easy to implement. And I'm not afraid of, you know, rolling up my sleeves and just and doing it. I just didn't want to waste my time working on a bunch of stuff that didn't work. So I just gave it a go. I committed to Jacques to go from no course to course launch within three weeks. Now I knew that I knew that probably by any standard, that is a crazy launch timeline. And I would say in a vacuum, it would have been impossible. But fortunately, Jacques had already gone through the process of creating his free course. The onboarding experience was seamless. And between that and the template that he gave me by when I when I accessed the course for free, I cannot believe this course is free. I can't believe those templates are free. I was able to absolutely crush my goals. I was able to have my course launch within three weeks. So no course to course in three weeks, get my first students in there, my beta students to allow me to kind of troubleshoot, kick the tires, that sort of thing. But I mean, it is, I can tell you, yes, I put in the work. Yes, it was challenging. It was tough, but I can tell you it was possible. And without Jock's course, it would have been impossible. There is no chance, no way I would have, not only would I, from an intellectual perspective, but just from an action perspective, seeing Jock go through those steps, step-by-step in a very easy, disarming manner in an accessible manner, made me believe that I could do it. And sure enough, here I am, you know, three weeks later, my first 40 students have gone through the course. And in many ways, it's changed my world because it's given me an outlet to become, you know, a teacher working with students, teaching something that I'm passionate about. In my case, how to podcast this art form of podcasting, getting to work with them. It's the next chapter in my life. And I'll forever be grateful to Jacques for putting this resource together and it's available for you as well. So I would just encourage you, like if you've been on the fence, you've been thinking about it, just do it. You know, figure out what it is you want to teach and then trust Jock to take you through the process. You won't regret it. I'll see you in the next video. No, I'm just kidding. All right, guys, have fun. All right, thanks to Jonathan for sending me that snippet and congratulations to him. He's, he's doing very, very well with his course as any of us could have guessed that know Jonathan. Uh, what do you think, David? Oh my gosh, that's incredible. But yeah, he's an exceptional guy. Obviously, from zero to an online course in 21 days, essentially three weeks, he said. So yeah, I mean, like you said, that that room for a, a separate course specifically for influencers, it sounds like you could kind of call that like online course in 21 days and just uh, stick with your 21 day theme based on Jonathan's experience. But that's incredible. Yeah, I could. People have joked with me in the past about, hey, why not call it online courses in 21 days? And, and I've always been like, well, that's just not enough time, right? It's way easier to learn piano than it is to launch a successful online course business. But I do agree that if you have an audience, especially a very passionate and large audience like Jonathan has, then it's very possible in 21 days. And I don't I don't have a program for people like that yet. I have mm-hmm. the information in my head, but I don't have a program like that. So maybe maybe that could be a name for it, but that'll be down the road because as you know, I'm very, very deep into the piano side right now. Yeah, well, the thing that I was just kind of sad as I listened to you uh, prepare to roll Jonathan's win of the week, you had all those phone conversations. If those would have happened on Zoom, <laughs> that could have been 
that could have been the online course on how to make an online course specifically for influencers. And, you know, personally, I'm a big fan of Jonathan. So, I mean, that would have been really just a fun, it would have been fun to be in on that conversation, being a fan of his and and just enjoying all the advice and wisdom that you share. So I guess we can't, late, David. We can't turn back Too time. Late. <laughs> but the next time that an influencer reaches out to you, like just say, yeah, let's do the coaching on, uh, on Zoom and record it. Not a bad idea. Always bring in the good ideas for me, David. I appreciate that. So, oh, by the way, win of the week, like guys, please contribute to that. If you, uh, if you have any recent wins that you like to share with the podcast, like Jonathan did, and like, like plenty of people have done before, it's just been a few weeks since we've done it. And we'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is go to the online course slash win W I N. And on that page, uh, there's some instructions and then a button to just click record. And you just record an audio message about a minute long or so. And, um, if we like it and we like you, then we might feature you on an upcoming episode. Uh, so go ahead and do that. If you've had a recent win, you want to share a, a first online course sale, a big launch, uh, something cool that's happened in your world as far as online courses go, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. So theonlinecourseguy.com slash win. Thanks. Glad we could finally bring this back. Now let's transition into this interview with Chris Benetti, who is the creator of Members Pro. And this actually goes really well together because Jonathan is on Members Pro. Okay. I actually recommended it to him just knowing about his needs. It didn't seem like ClickFunnels for him was going to be a great fit for his course. I recommended Members Pro for a few reasons, but let me just set set the stage for this interview a little bit. So about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I was still using EverWebinar for my Evergreen webinar. Most people will know that I've I've transitioned to a much better way to do it since then, but I was looking for a way to improve the registration experience for the webinar. And because, because EverWebinar just had a very canned one size fits all pop up for registering for the webinar. And so I, I think I posted in like the ClickFunnels group, maybe a couple other places and multiple people recommended I get with this guy named Sinead to help me customize, do some custom coding to make it exactly like I wanted. And so I got with Sinead. He was awesome. He's a ninja, like a programming ninja. He knows ClickFunnels. He knows Active Campaign. He knows all the things. He's amazing. And by the time we were done working, he's like, by the way, you know, you should check out my software that I have called Members Pro. I was like, oh, so Nate, tell me about it. And at the, it's kind of, they've kind of shifted kind of like, uh, you know, Brendan Dunn last week, right message. You know, if you remember from that conversation, his product kind of shifted based on what his customers needed, right? Originally, it was just like be able to, to seamlessly change out a headline depending on who's who's looking at the page. And now it's more about like, survey and deep segmentation. Well, with with Sinead, his main pitch to me like almost two years ago was we can take your course and very easily turn it into an app. And I was like, what? That is really cool, man. So I started looking into a little bit. He gave me like a trial account and I started going through it and I didn't realize until I got into it that it was a, it was a course platform of its own. So what they integrate with ClickFunnels and Kajabi and Teachable and you can you can with their import tool you can take all your course material and import it into Members Pro and then at the time you could take that and then turn it into an app. But for some reason, I thought that that all kind of all synced together and I didn't need to move to another course platform. Uh, but that was that was cool. They were thinking outside the box from the beginning. But since then, they've kind of backed up on the app idea, which we'll hear from Chris a, a little bit. But Sinead has a business partner and that's Chris. These two guys synced up 
two or three years ago to create the membership and course platform that they want they want they want for themselves basically so that's how I get got involved with these guys and I've had multiple conversations with them to see if it if members pro would be a good fit for piano in 21 days and we can talk about on the back end if you know my, my thoughts on that um, but that's the story here and I've, I've been having a lot of like SaaS creators on the podcast lately you know mostly for my benefit <laughs> in a lot of cases to, to just check it out and get the details the inside scoop on my quest to find the, the best platform for me so how did I do setting the stage for this sounds great let's roll <laughs> All it right, let's do it so without further ado here's the full conversation with Chris Benetti hey Chris welcome to the online course show thanks for having me man of course. You know, we've talked a few times, but I did a little extra digging this time around because you're going to be on the actual podcast. And man, I didn't even realize you were an engineer as well. You know, I don't know if you know that about me, but I was an engineer for a while too. So how does an engineer go from that to digital marketer, SaaS product owner and all that? Uh, well, it's been a pretty interesting journey. It was a lot of a lot of me disliking what I was doing and just understanding that I was trading time for money and unhappiness and so many different things. And it was, it was just a real hard realization that like I, I needed to do something different if I was to control my own future. So, you know, I really just did a deep dive during my tradesmanship into entrepreneurship and understanding different people. Uh, I came across Rich Dad Poor Dad to start and then that set me down the path of Tim Ferriss for our work week, which I know was a big catalyst for a lot of people who are starting out. And I just got this big, big itch to to just consume as much as I could and to 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 find out as much as I could because I know like most of us when we start out, we just we're so unsure, unaware of what's out there. And even now, like I'm still discovering things every single day. I'm discovering that there's new markets out there that we don't know anything about. Because you know, when I first started, I was in such a small bubble, um, and that really just just lit a fire under my ass. I, I wanted to figure out how I could get myself set up financially as quick as possible, and um, and it, entrepreneurship just happened to be the way. After five years of being in that industry, I was in the mining industry as a mechanical fitter, mechanical engineer. And um, I just decided that I've had enough. I hated the industry. I hated the negativity around me. Everyone hated being there. And I decided to quit. And I'm getting fired anyway for something really small a month after I told myself I was going to quit anyway. And then I you know, sort of found myself into an internship for a digital marketing agency. And that sort of kicked off my whole career. Um, I quickly became well-known for sales funnels and helping people make more money with their sales funnels. And um, that's naturally progressed into sales funnels being the front end. How can we make the fulfillment experience better on the back end? And that's sort of where Members Pro came into play and why I'm sort of playing in that space. Because I know there's a lot of people who can become really successful with selling courses and programs and all of those things. But the biggest area that I see that's lacking these days is the care and the fulfillment on the back end and helping your customers succeed as much as possible on the back end, which is really what I'm passionate about. And I want to see the the industry average of 4 to 5% people completing programs go up to at least 20%. Chris, I can resonate with so much that you said. So engineer for five years. And one of the quotes I wrote down here as we're talking, you said you don't, you didn't know what was out there. And I felt the same way. Like until I read the four hour work week, I didn't realize this different way to do entrepreneurship 
existed where I didn't have to have a bunch of employees and, and take a lot of debt and so on. Um, so I, I didn't know what was out there either. Um, to provide a little extra context, at the time when you were wrapping up this five years, or I guess wrapping up is a nice way to say when you were got fired, uh, w- around what year was that? Yeah, that was in September of 2016. Okay. So about four years ago. And you said you quickly became known for sales funnels. Yeah. How does one quickly become known for sales funnels? That's a good question, actually. <laughs> um, so like I said, I, I happened myself into an internship that was at the end of 2016. And I started getting paid in 2017. And pretty much from January 2017 to August of 2017, I was just doing everything I could to learn and become better at building sales funnels from design to customer journey and all of those sort of things. And by August of 2017, I actually got invited to go to ClickFunnels headquarters and I became the number one funnel designer in the Southern Hemisphere at that competition that they held. So that's how I sort of quickly paved my name in the space. And then um, from that point, I made it sort of a mission to work with the biggest players in the ClickFunnel community. So, you know, I got Rachel Peterson as a client and then Stacey Martino, Alex Scharfen, Christy Code Red, Marley Jacks. Like I got pretty much all of the Steve Larson. Steve Larson, like all yeah. of the cool big players in that space yeah. became clients and and friends. And I quickly became well known as as someone who's doing good stuff. <laughs> That's that's really cool. I was wondering about that because a lot of the like testimonials and people that I know that have worked with you seem to be people that are plugged into ClickFunnels one way or another. So that makes perfect sense how that came to be. Now, the other yeah. thing that really resonated with me was you said that care and fulfillment on the back end is what you're really passionate about. And that's what led you to create your own membership course software. I, I completely agree with you there. I think I've admitted this on the podcast before, but but the, the reason I got into this world of courses was the allure of the passive income back in 2013. I saw an opportunity for an online piano course. I saw people starting to create courses out there. You make it, you put in the work ahead of time, you put the product out there, people can buy it. And then you don't really have a relationship with them going forward. There's no work to be done. That was that was exciting stuff for me back, you know, in my 20s and trying to quit my job as an engineer. But seven years later, like that's not that's not good enough. Like I want to have an impact. I want to I want to help people transform their lives. I want them to go from somebody who doesn't know how to play piano to somebody who does know how to play piano. So I completely agree with that. But how does somebody who is just so focused on the funnel part get to that point where you're passionate about the experience on the back end? That's a good question. I would say that you need a system that can help support the fulfillment and the customer success. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of platforms out there that will totally host your content, but do not much beyond that. I mean, I know Jack, sorry to to throw stones at you, but Jack uses ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels <laughs> is a really good place for you to just host your content and do nothing else. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. And I think Jack knows that. But you know, I think that there's a few options out there these days that have really helpful integrations that you can, you know, tie in chat support, you can tie in email support, you can follow up with your customers in meaningful ways, whether it be by notifications, by emails, you can have communities and, you know, other forums built into your fulfillment as well so that you can always be there to just help at least answer or alleviate the questions that your customers have. And I think that that sort of extra step, the platform itself having those extra features, but then you go into the sort of extra step of putting together even just a Facebook group or you know a Mighty Networks or something 
along those lines where if someone has a question, they can open ask that in a forum where potentially other customers can help or your team members can help or you can step in and help as well. And just doing that one piece alone and letting your customers know that you're there to support them no matter what, you're there to help them have success and be there for them in general really is going to help them want to go through the program and actually want to make the success with the content that you provide. Yeah. Thanks for that that stone you threw at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I know. I'm, I'll just say that like Jack is doing. I know for a fact that he's doing so much more than just putting the content out there. So yeah. it was really just a stab at the the platform, not Jack himself. I, I know that Jack's doing a whole lot more. Well, I, I appreciate it, and I, I don't take any offense to it at all because you know I first moved over to ClickFunnels maybe four years ago after reading Dot Com Secrets for the first time, mm-hmm. really taking a deep dive into a funnel for the first time, understanding it. And obviously, that's a really good sales pitch into ClickFunnels by the end of it. So I signed up immediately, loved it. It was it was, it was easy. Um, my business hadn't really taken off. It was it was kind of starting to take off at that point, and ClickFunnels certainly was helpful in that process. But the as you know, the membership side, the course side, like literally hasn't changed in four years. They haven't done like any. Have they done one thing? I don't know. I know you still know a little bit about ClickFunnels, but that drives me crazy. They have done very little, and I would say that very very little. The biggest changes came from Members Pro fixing some things for them when we first started out two and a half years ago. And they were just quickly covering their asses. So, But since, I haven't seen anything additional come through. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a funnel platform first. And I know that you're not necessarily a huge fan of them as a funnel platform either. But I don't plan to keep my course there for too much longer. And that's not breaking news on the podcast. We've we've been going down this this route for several weeks now, just seeing what else is out there, seeing what the best possible experience is for for my students. And that's that's really what I do with this podcast and this brand is just kind of pull back the curtain on my successful online piano course business. And I think the ClickFunnels membership it served me and my students pretty well. It's very very simple. It's it's a it's a place they can log in and, and consume the information. But it's not an overall experience. Mm-hmm. I tried to provide them that. I tried to provide them the experience and, and as much transformation as possible. But the course hosted on ClickFunnels is only a tiny little part of that, right? So we have the Facebook group. We have weekly live Q and A's. Um, there's there's a bunch of other stuff that people get when they sign up for my course. But it'd be great if like everything could be in one platform and I don't have to send people to ten different places to get all this stuff. So let's let's get into Members Pro a little bit. You saw this kind of, I guess, you, did you see a hole in the market and you, you wanted to fill it? Is that basically how this started? Yeah. So our initial first pain point that we were trying to solve was the mobile consumption of programs. I mean, coming from the ClickFunnels space, we quickly realized that the experience on that platform in particular for mobile was a little bit lackluster. So Members Pro came in and and we understood that consumption on mobile devices was way going up every single year. It was increasing more and more and more. And you know, probably today we're at least 80% is mobile consumption for most things. I wouldn't say for courses specifically, like it'd probably be more 50-50 for courses. But nonetheless, we, we knew that that was where things were going. And so we decided that uh, we were going to develop Members Pro for mobile to start and then build an awesome desktop experience on top of that. Um, so that was our first sort of realization. Then the second one and what we've really been prepping for is really the customer experience from 
as soon as they start to uh, finish up with your content and how to help them see what's next in the value ladder, help them understand that you have other programs available and really just to give a seamless sort of end-to-end solution for every single thing that you have available for them to buy or consume and then just make that engaging along the way. Well, I get I get how it's significantly better than a ClickFunnels membership, but but how is it better than some of the some of the big players? I mean, I did a I did a poll with my audience recently. Hey, which course platform are, are you on now? And I'm sure you could guess which ones were at the top. I mean, I think Thinkific came in top, and then I think Teachable was next. I mean, how does Members Pro compare to to, to Thinkific and Teachable? That's a good question. So I would say from a feature to feature standpoint today. We're not there. We've got a much smaller... We've been alive for less time. Um, We've got a much smaller funding pool and a lot less resources available. But I would say that the way Members Pro is different is our sort of agileness. We have a very aggressive roadmap and we really quick to move and understand exactly what the market's needing and make features available for customers as they come through. So Members Pro is open to feedback in regards to what is needed from uh, like our customer standpoint, seeing what their members need. And we'll, make, we'll do anything that we can to make that happen as quick as we can. Our roadmap, I think, like from the perspective of how we're thinking about programs for the next five to 10 years, like I think that we're thinking a lot more creatively than the dinosaurs in the industry. I think that they've had awesome success over the past five to 10 years, some of them existing for that long. And they're sort of just stuck in what they're doing or they're sort of transitioning into how can we do an everything? How can we be an all-in-one solution? Members Pro is really just focused on customer fulfillment and making that experience as absolutely best as possible. Whereas Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi, like they're all trying to be like sales funnels and websites and landing pages and then memberships. They do those membership pieces pretty well because they've been doing it for 10 years or so, but they're sort of losing their focus on the fulfillment, which is really what matters to us. And they're trying to sort of diversify their platforms in general to sort of fit in that all-in-one solution so they can appear more valuable to everyone or more people, I would say. So Members Pro is not really worried about sales funnels and sales pages and websites at the moment. We understand that there's awesome platforms out there, say like ClickFunnels and a ton of others. So we really just want to focus on once you get the sale, how can we make the fulfillment as absolutely best as possible? And that's really what Members Pro's vision is about. How can we make the communication and the touch points better with your customers? How can we make the experience absolutely better? And how can we complete the completion rates so that your customers have success? And that they tell other people about their success and become sort of a referral marketing machine for you so that you don't have to do as much work on the front end selling the program and you can start looking after the fulfillment a little bit better. Cool. So a couple of things I want to address there. These software companies trying to be like everything is is kind of one of my pet peeves lately. Even the email autoresponder that I love, Active Campaign, I don't know what what which one you prefer. They're starting active campaign. Oh, nice. What yes, fist bump, (laughs) virtual fist bump across many oceans. Uh even I saw they're like rolling out like landing page builders and funnels and stuff. Did you see that? I'm like, what are you doing? Just stick with the emails, please. Come on. Like and that's that's why I'm okay with moving my course off of ClickFunnels. It's like, okay, ClickFunnels, that's fine. You want to be you want to just focus on the funnels? Cool. I'm cool Mm -hmm. with that. Like, let me go find somebody else who's just focused on the course side of things. Yeah, that's great. So I love I love that you're focused right now, um, and, and I love that you are all about the you know the 
really your customer's customer experience, right? That's what you're going after. At the end of the day, it's the student or the member. Like that's our, right. I mean, that's ultimately our biggest focus. We really just want your customer to have the best experience possible. It's not so much about us. It's about you and them. Beautiful. I love that. But like, give me some specifics. You're, you're saying you want to increase completion rates. You want to get uh, good overall experiences. Like, are there any specific features and things inside of Members Pro that you're uh, that are making those things a reality? Yeah. So on our roadmap, when again, we're not there yet. We don't have the resources and development power that the bigger companies do, but we're working as hard as we can to get there as fast as possible. On our roadmap, we have things like community. Yeah. That's going to be our next big update. Community is going to essentially allow you to take your hosted Facebook groups off of Facebook mm-hmm. and tie it into your membership platform. So your customers don't have to go to two places to get the support that they need. It's all integrated in one system for them so that they've got their programs available. They can make comments under the videos and that'll tie back into the forum back in another area. We're going to also be releasing gamification, which is going to essentially allow your customers to earn points for things that they do, whether it be engaging in the community, completing lessons, modules, courses. And those points can be redeemable for additional content or discounts on programs or anything else that you can think of um, in a creative manner. We're going to be releasing themes. So most course platforms have like one design that you can stick with. Generally speaking, ClickFunnels obviously allows you to customize things. Platforms like Kajabi, Thinkific, it's like you've got one design or two designs and it's like they're not really different. Members probably thinking about it from an engaging perspective. And we're like, how can we make the content for the consumer be creative, engaging and you know, they want to go through the program because it feels and looks nice and they can see their, their points being added up. They can see their progress being completed. And so Members Pro is essentially releasing themes where, you know, one course might look like Netflix and one course might look like a vault so that they get a whole lot of content. One course might be linear so that they know that they go through it from top to bottom. So we're thinking about how can we implement different themes so that your customers have different consumption styles depending on the type of course that it is. So for Jack's stuff, all of your courses, I'm sure, are video-based. Mm-hmm. So your style of course would be really well-suited to our Netflix style of course on in Members Pro. And so as your customer is going through it, they can start scrolling through the different categories or modules that they they can consume. They can click on a video and it automatically goes to this big widescreen experience. They can visually see the other videos that are available for them and they, they can see all the relevant notes for the video in one place. And then at the same time, they can check it off and say that they've completed it and see their progress go up, see their points go up and know that they're overall having success with your program because they can visually see that experience. So that's that's another way. Um, I've got a, we've got a whole ton of other things coming to the the system as well within the next month or two um, in regards to automations. So if someone does something somewhere, whether it be complete a course, a module, uh, a lesson, or again um, engage in the community, leave a helpful reply, get a thumbs up on that reply, whatever it may be, that can automate a process in Members Pro to give them additional content. It can put them into Bonjoro as an example via Zapier, so that you can send them a huge fan, huge personalized video message. You can put them over an active campaign and start them on an email sequence, or you can send a sequence in Members Pro. You might want to send them a push notification directly to their phone or their computer. So we're thinking about things from how can we automate a high touch point experience for your customer, but also still make it feel personalized in that sense. 
Did you know I love Bonjoro? Oh, dude, I, I, I had a hunch when you sent me a Bonjoro today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the, for the listeners, I usually try to send a Bonjoro like the day before I meet with a podcast guest just to touch base. And in your case, we're like on opposite sides of the world. So I sent it to you earlier today for me. And I guess you probably got it first thing. I did. But you, you've heard of Bonjoro, I guess. Yeah, I use it for members for as well. Excellent. Fellow Australian created it. Oh, really? I did yeah. not know that. I've had him on the podcast. Huh. Awesome, awesome guy. Awesome company. Love it so much. It is a cool system. Yeah, 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 for sure. So look, here, here's the problem, Chris. You keep telling me about future features, right? So like, literally, I'm looking for another platform. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hide that from the, the audience knows. I'm trying to find just like the perfect platform. And you, it's hard to sell me on future features. Like why, why would Members Pro be a good fit for somebody to start using right now? Okay. That is the ultimate question. And I would say that's the main benefit right now. We still have an awesome experience. It's very linear based right now. Customers can still see their completion percentages go up beyond the standard consumption style. I would say that direct access to founders is probably one of our biggest selling points. I am here to support you no matter what. And so is Sinead. I'll get into a direct message with you and I'll help you get your stuff set up. I'll personally have one of my team members help you get your stuff set up. Like we will do anything absolutely possible to help our customers have success so that in the future, when we do have more of our substantial features implemented, ultimately their customers have more success. Again, at the end of the day, it's like really our biggest journey and and passion in this space is helping people have success with content. And we know that if we can get as many people on the platform as possible, that they're going to have a better job at having that success when the time comes, essentially. And, and, and again, I know that we can't compete directly on features and we, we might not be the same level of value proposition as some of the competitors, but I would say that our willingness to help you succeed no matter what is probably one of our biggest benefits overall. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, as you know, I sent I sent somebody your way a couple months ago, right? I was helping somebody with um with his first online course and he was telling me about his needs and he's like, I know that you have your course on ClickFunnels. And he even signed up for ClickFunnels and was using the funnel function. I was like, dude, to be honest with you, like I don't think ClickFunnels is a good fit for your members, like for your course at all. And I thought about it and I thought about his needs. I was like, man, you, you should check out Members Pro. And the reason I told him that was for basically the, the reasons you've mentioned. Like one, yes, it's great to be able to have a relationship with the the guys who created it and maintain it and run it. Um, and I knew that I knew he would get that personal attention from you guys. And and he's you know I, I, he's a good friend of mine. I talk to him all the time, and he's very very happy with the platform. He tries to convince me to use it. And um, <laughs> and then the other thing is you mentioned earlier the themes functionality, which you might not have yet, but just the fact that it, it's not teachable and it's not thinkific right now is kind of a cool thing in my mind. Like when I, you know, I, I take a lot of courses myself too. And if I log in and it's like, oh, that's clearly teachable. Mm. For some reason in my head, that just kind of cheapens the, the product to some level. And maybe that's just me. But if users can can make the course their own and not teachables or thinkifics, I think it's even better. And and maybe that's just because not, you know, not a ton, not as many people are using Members Pro at this point as those other platforms. But I think rolling out the themes thing will help even more as well. So I, yeah. I think that's... I, I'd, lo- I'd love to elaborate on that as well, yeah. um, if you don't mind. Like, I totally agree with you. I feel like all of these other bigger players, they're all trying to push their brand on yes. customers. Yes. Like Members Pro has never had that perspective. We white label absolutely everything that we can 
or give you the opportunity to. Um, and so just from that perspective, I totally agree with you. And I don't think anyone is thinking creatively enough about the customer experience as they should be. Like they're all pretty much the same crap repackaged with different designs again and again and again. Like Teachable always looks the same. Thinkific always looks the same. Yes. Kajabi always looks the same. And you can tell, like you said, straight away, when you go in there, you know it's that. And I really don't... like. I would rather think about like how can we creatively design something that's different so that the customer has a really cool and engaging experience as they're going through the program. That's where we're sort of sitting and coming from. And that's really why I'm most excited about what we're trying to achieve and where we're sort of going in the next 10 years or so. Yeah. Well, I mean, Teachable has the whole My Teachable thing, right? To where you can log into multiple different people's courses as long as they're teachable. Yeah. And I didn't know, but Kajabi kind of has the same thing too, because one of the things I'm looking for, I mean, man, Chris, I just have like this dream list of things I'm looking for in a platform. And I don't think anybody's going to be, be able to fulfill all of them. Um, but right now, maybe, maybe in a few years, you guys can. But one thing is, you know, I want the course and the community in the same place, but then an app would be great as well. And not just a, a native app to that platform, but like my own branded app, like a piano in 21 days app would be really great. And so Kajabi kind of sort of has community, right? So I was looking into them a little bit, not super seriously. And they have, um, they have an app. And so I reached out to them and I just asked, hey, do you guys offer any sort of white label app solutions? And they said, they told me, well, no, and we don't ever plan to. The whole point of the app is just so when people log in, they can see all the Kajabi courses they've ever signed up, right? So that's to your point. Mm-hmm. They just, their Kajabi is about Kajabi. Mm-hmm. They want their, everybody logging into their app to be able to see all their Kajabi courses, but that's not the best student experience. When somebody opens an app, I don't want them to see, you know, some random homebrew course when I want them to take their piano lessons or or whatever, yeah. you know, I want them to just be immersed in the piano experience if that's what they're trying to learn. So that's, that's my feelings on it. And I, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, I totally agree. When in doubt, customer experience beats, beats everything. So when is the community coming out? I mean, I think that's, that's a huge, a huge feature. Is that coming out soon? Yeah, so we're planning for end of year release on that. Um, we've got one catalyst that needs to happen before that will roll out. We've essentially been redeveloping Members Pro for about 12 months now from scratch. We recoded the whole system. So it's a million times faster. The experience is way better for you as, as our customer in terms of the app dashboard. And then it just makes the whole process of you creating your programs heaps easier. Um, we're going to be rolling out video hosting and file hosting and all of the standard stuff that the bigger players have. Um, and so after that releases, it's pretty much all team members on board to develop the community feature, which is what we've got coming up next. And then we've got assessments and quizzes, and then we've got gamification coming in. And we've got a whole range of different things that we're planning to build over the next six to 12 months, probably about 30 different features that are coming into the system. Is there is there one place you could direct people to go to kind of see the roadmap? Yeah. So it's roadmap.memberspro.com. That's easy. Um, so I mentioned an app a little while ago. That's actually one of the first things that that jumped out at me about your platform year ago, 14, 16 months ago when I was first introduced to it. Uh, it seemed like one of the big features you guys were pushing back then mm-hmm. was the ability to take your course and also have some sort of branded app as well. Have you guys kind of backed off of that as one of the features? Yeah. So we actually decided to discontinue that for most customers um, just due to the... I would say that there's really strict regulations with Apple and (laughs) Apple is a pain in my butt. So 
it was not only really overwhelming and confusing for ninety five percent of our customers. So I mean, it was it was really just getting to a point where we were trying to service so many different apps that we couldn't also focus on system and software development. And so being a small team, we had to reprioritize ourselves and just make a hard decision that for majority of our customers, the apps is not on the table, and um, we're going to be again releasing. Something similar to Kajabi, but not in a members pro branded way, more of a sort of just a centralized solution for customers. Again, like at the same time, Jack, like we don't have the customer base that Kajabi have. So the, right. the chance of crossover is unless you're in like the ClickFunnels community buying, you know, ClickFunnels or courses from a lot of sort of people that are also using members pro, there's not really going to be a big chance of crossover like there would be on Kajabi or I'm not sure if Teachable has an app or anything, but that's essentially our stance at this point. Well, to be clear, what I was saying is if, if you released a Members Pro app and then allowed your customers' customers to log into that, I, I'd be fine with that. The fact that Kajabi came and, and came back to me and said, literally the reason we made this app was because so that you know when somebody logs in, they can see all the other apps, right? So if you had mm-hmm. the ability to um to let the your customer like check a box whether somebody should see the other courses or not, like you know, customer experience, right? What's at the yep. end of the day, what's best for the customer? Absolutely. That's what, in my opinion, it should come back to. I agree. Okay. So, oh, so the app, um, before, before I lose that thought, so you stopped doing that because of Apple. Can we get into that a little bit? Like I, I know the, I know they take 30% of transactions. Like if, if mm-hmm. for in-app purchases, they take 30%. Is that the problem or is there more to it than that? Yeah. So Members Pro is like one of those few platforms that really looks at the customer journey from like a marketing perspective as well. There's not really many platforms that understand how you should try and ascend your customers once they're in your like lower level program or even your core offer on how to get them to your next thing. Mm-hmm. Members Pro does. And so we heavily recommend that people position other programs in a specific way so that your customers can go from here to there, essentially. Um, so Yes, the 30% thing has been massive thing to try and get around. We are successful with helping customers to get around it. I'm not going to say anything beyond that. <laughs> but the the whole approval process from Apple's perspective is essentially we have to have access to a developer account that you have to create. So not only is there an additional expense for our customers around $150 extra a year uh, to actually publish an app, you have to maintain the app every year as well. And we also have to have access to your Apple account essentially to develop the app and go through a publishing process. All of that aside, there's still the process of getting approved by Apple. And I would just say that Apple in general is really, really tight on what they do and do not allow on their store. And so if your app looks like it is a phishing app where you know there's generally a whole lot of other apps that are the same or similar, then not only is there a chance of getting your app disapproved, it could go down the path of actually banning the other apps that look similar as well. So We really decided to step back from the app side of things, not only because it's like a really hard process to go through, but because there's actually a potential for Apple to ban other customers' apps because of that. So we're really, really careful now with how we go around the process for customers that do still have apps um, that 
we're sort of scheduled to publish essentially. But I'll just say it's it's a really big nightmare and Apple are pretty much doing everything that they can to make sure that only certain people get published on the app stores. Well, I'm just dipping my toe in the water. I mean, let's say since you clearly know far more about it than me, let's say just completely hypothetically, I went off and I like program my whole my my own just custom system and it had my my piano course and, and the community or whatever. And then we programmed an app as well that just, you know, my users could log in and then they could start going through the course and communicate with each other. And I tried to get that approved from Apple. Why mm. would they approve or not approve an app like that? Yeah. So the biggest basis for Apple is that number one, they don't want to make you or see you trying to make sales around them. They want to make sure that any sales that happen go through them. Uh, The second thing as well is that your app cannot look like a mobile optimized web page. It has to be different enough from a mobile version of a website to go through and be approved by them. So you can't just like say, like build a web page and then model what that web page looks like on mobile for an app. You actually have to like think about creatively, what would this experience be like for someone using it on their phone as an actual app? specifically. And then beyond that, they're really weird with the type of content as well. So if like you have your piano stuff would be fine, but say if you had your course platform or if you, you know, your course membership on there, if it talks about sales and marketing a lot, they get really weird about sales and marketing. So there's, there's a a sort of like a, a bit of a hiccup that comes into place with people who are trying to talk about MMOs, make money online sort of stuff. Mm hmm. And so there's a, another sort of big jump there that comes into play. So the main criteria is don't sell around them. You have to sell through them. Um, your stuff has to be different enough to look like an actual app. And then you can't really have like anything that seems scammy in there in terms of the content that's actually in there. Because they have like they don't they don't just have like bots that approve things. It's a person that manually reviews everything. Right, right, right. Do you have to have something? offered for purchase as an in-app purchase or is it just that you can't no have something like the same thing available on the website you can you can totally have the same thing available on the website uh no your your app can be a fulfillment setup and it can just be like open to free people but a question that would come up often if it looks like it's supposed to be paid they will ask how you're selling it and usually an answer that we give is that everything is free and everything that we give away is available to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a little, little gray area, right? Cause I mean, I, you know, if I, if I just sold my course and everything with my existing funnel that I have in place, but then somebody signs up and they get course access and then also get app access, basically because they purchased through a funnel that had nothing to do with Apple, technically that would not be an Apple approved app. If I only gave them access because they paid me X amount of dollars through the funnel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the, the but the way that you found to get around that is essentially say that they didn't pay me anything. This is this is free access to this app. Yes. So there's two things that we've implemented for our apps. Essentially, there's a way for the user to create an account for free, no matter what. And generally speaking, when we go through the publishing process with Apple, we have all of the content unlocked and available for Apple's approvers to see. So it's not like we're gating anything at the approval stage. Once it's approved, then we gate content accordingly for paid programs and such. Then we also got a skip login feature. So people can create a free account no matter what, or they can skip the account and see all of the free content anyway. And that's sort of mandatory for you to be able to get approved with Apple if you have paid content that requires a user's account. 
Sounds uh sounds interesting. Sometimes sometimes people re- regulate things so far that you have to do silly things to get around it. You know, Apple is one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I mean, the two main app stores are Apple and then Google. Is is it not as difficult for Google? Oh, Google is so easy, you wouldn't believe. Okay, you can create something and get it published overnight with Google without hiccups. Wow. Mm. I wonder. I wonder why they still have the same like. 30% fee thing in place, but I believe they have bots that approve apps. So as long as it doesn't look like it's phishing or scamming or anything like that, you'll generally get approved just fine. Interesting. Okay. So next, let me ask you about your um, your business partner who I've met a couple of times, Sinead. You said we a lot. You mentioned his name one time. How did you guys meet and how did this develop into, you know, how did you become co-founders of Members Pro? Yeah. So Pretty interestingly, actually, I'm really grateful from how we met and me being a part of the community over at ClickFunnels. We actually just connected from the ClickFunnels Facebook group two and a half years ago. And I was really looking for a way to make the ClickFunnels membership better for my customers. And Sinead had reached out and mentioned that he had developed a solution that plugged in for a few of his customers and he that he was willing to sell me the solution essentially for $10,000. So <laughs> after going, mm, uh, like, can I really make an ROI on buying this? I told him that I'd think about it probably two or three times. He came back to me a few times. And by the, the, the last time, or I think it was the third time, he's like, do you want to just partner on this? And we'll will release it as an actual software. And so that really just started pretty awesome friendship. We're close as brothers now. Like his one of his we're two peas in a pod essentially. And we just think the same about everything that we do. We're we've got such a big vision and alignment with members pro. Um, but it literally just started as a connection in the ClickFunnels community and just developed into a really awesome partnership. And we've had each other's back every day since that two and a half years ago. Uh, it's been an interesting journey. I've ghosted him a couple of times in regards to members pro because I was busy with another business and he's done the same with me. But we've realigned for the past two years now. And um, I think we're kicking some pretty awesome goals together over at Members Pro. Yeah, really cool. He's, he's an incredibly talented programmer. I, you know, I met him a similar way. I, I had to, uh, I was looking for a solution to for something on a webinar registration page mm-hmm. and multiple people recommended him, I think probably in that yep. same Facebook group. And so uh, fortunately, the solution he had for me was like $300 and not 10,000. And so I just paid him and he did, he did it for me and we didn't end up uh, partnering up and, and making software together like you guys. He made a really, like, I love the way he thought about that because he's, he's scaled the crap out of that one offer of, I know it was the Ever Webinar registration yeah. set up. He just, he's just done a fantastic job with setting up team and processes around that. And I mean, honestly, the guy's got such a cool story. He was 12 and he started learning software development. And from software development, he taught himself English by reading the software development books. Wow. And from the age of 15, he worked as a freelancer. He's never had a job. He's always been a software developer freelancer for big companies in Europe. And now, obviously, Americans and Australians and everyone in between. Um, So he's just got such a resilience. And he honestly has a way to figure out anything or build in a system and, and process to develop anything. So he's been developing for over 15 years now from a very young young age. And he's just so damn good at what he does. Yeah, there's no doubt. I... Back when I was using EverWebinar, which which I have a, a poor relationship with now, I stopped using it back in January. That's that's exactly how I found him, and he had this canned solution for making the webinar registration a lot, uh, some cool features for it. But I had some extra ideas, like some extra features that I wanted, and I, everything I ran by him, he's like, "Oh yeah, that's easy." Like, you know, 
I can do it. So it was nothing seemed to be a problem with uh, for him. So sounds like member between the two of you guys, members pro is definitely in uh, good hands. Well, I think that's funny because like every single time I've got that idea, I'm like, Sine, how can we do this for members <laughs> pro? And he's like, he'll sit there and he'll he'll look frustrated for like five minutes, and then he'll be like, cool leave it with me and he'll come up with a solution within the next 24 hours. He's just a genius like that. I, I love those people and hate them at the same time. Like how can somebody <laughs> be that smart? You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, somebody listening who's more at the beginner stages uh, of, of the course creation process, what advice do you have? Like what, as somebody who has course membership software, like how are you recommending people get started with online courses these days? Yeah. So, I mean, you probably got a better answer for this than I, but I really think that putting everything you can into getting raving fans is probably the best thing you can do starting out. I would say say that giving a crap about your customer's journey and fulfillment and experience is absolutely number one on your list and making sure that they have success with your programs. Because if you don't have people coming through your courses, your memberships and having success, then you don't really have a proper business. And until you do, it's like you're just going to be one of those people that's selling programs. And I don't think that we need another one of those people in the world. We really want people who give a crap and they care about the fulfillment and they have such a mission to help people succeed with the things that they're providing in this world. And so I would just say, do everything you can to help help people have success with your programs and to create raving fans with what you've delivered for them. Well, I always like to say on the podcast that the number one success factor for a successful online course business is student success. At the end of the day, you know, you could have the greatest funnel in the world, best course, you know, all kinds of traffic and SEO and, and all kinds of stuff. But in the day, you're not going to be successful for the long term unless your students are successful. So mm. I completely agree with with what you just said uh, there. So Chris, been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me here. Let people know where they can find your stuff, find your software and any uh, any other thoughts that we may not have covered that you think might be good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I've honestly been excited about our connection and relationship for the past like year and a half now. I think you're doing some amazing things in the space. So thank you for everything that you're thank doing. You. My best place to check me out is crispinetti.com. B-E-N-E-T-T-I is my last name, um, or memberspro.com. That's essentially my two hubs. Uh, Chris Benetti has, it's really a, a hub for everything that I'm doing in the space. So I'm about to launch a podcast as well called Membership Marketing, which is really how to get people into your world, into your memberships and have success. It's talking about fulfillment and retention and all of those sort of things. So you can find something on that over at chrisbenetti.com and then Members Pro is listed over there. And then we've also got a Facebook group on the bottom of that website, which... Um, will lead you directly to a place where you can connect directly with Sinead and I. Uh, it's called Members Pro Community. It is. It started off as a members-only forum, but it's essentially for anyone who wants to come in and ask questions about the system or ask questions about membership marketing. There's going to be a lot of content starting to be delivered in that platform specifically. Very cool. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. All right. I'm back here with Dr. K. We're in the back end of the interview now. Give us your thoughts, David. Yeah, that was a great interview. It was uh, very thought provoking. So the main thing that jumped out to me very early in the conversation, he used the word fulfillment and exceptional fulfillment. And to me, as a course creator, I was a little bit like, that's that's a word that I haven't used, heard used a lot uh, in respect to courses. Is that a is that a word that you think of a lot with uh, with course courses? Yes and no. Are you are you saying that more time is typically spent on the the funnel and conversion? 
Um, no, I guess just fulfillment to me is like a, a term in like actual selling physical products, shipping. And so when he first started using that term, I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about by fulfillment. Like to me, fulfillment means sending somebody a login password. Uh, but then ultimately, you know, I learned that he's really saying fulfillment is the user experience or the course member journey, um, which which those those sound more a little bit more like what I, I understand as being something that you want to be exceptional. Right. And he's, I mean, he's big on that. And I, I didn't know just how big he was on that until we, we spoke just about talking about conversion rates or not conversion rates, but completion rates of people signing up for courses so low. And he's trying to design software that increases that overall. And so I think there's a lot of pieces to the fulfillment piece. You know, when somebody buys my course, it's not just relationship over, right? I send them a bonjoro, right? There's follow-up emails, there's, there's live Q and A's, there's the community and so on. And so I guess that could all fall under the umbrella of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he said that all the things about exceptional fulfillment, the ultimate goal is that these customers have so much success that they start to tell other people. With that, I was just reflecting that, you know, if you really want to motivate people online to tell their friends, the affiliate program is something that's that's been tried and tested. And so he shared that all the, he wants all this this experience with the uh, course members to be so exceptional that they share it with their friends. And uh, I was thinking that there's already a way that that it has been proven pretty effective to get people to share their experience, and that's actual affiliate programs. Um, I was just going to mention sometime recently you shared that people are still getting the opportunity to become an affiliate like 30 days or 90 days into your program, isn't it? Quite a ways. Yeah, 90 days. 90 days. So I really wanted to challenge you to move that to like five days into the program and see see if you get a different result. See if people are more open to sharing their experience as they're going through it real time. Is there any reason that you wouldn't bump it up to sending it out really early on? I don't know. I think it's worth testing. I don't want it to come across as I'm just trying to, you know, make as many sales as possible necessarily. And I think that by offering that after five days could come across that way. But I think to your point too, they are probably very excited at the five-day point and also could potentially want it like a buddy to go through it with them Yeah, as well. Those are the two big things that I thought. Yeah. Have your friends join you in this journey and then, you know, share your experience. And uh, you know, you could actually get your get your course membership back if you get a couple friends or or uh, family members to join. Yeah, it's worth testing. So the other thing, uh, you know, we talked quite a, or he talked quite a bit about just moving the community off Facebook. And I thought it was interesting, again, back in that Tim Shields conversation, he really made a pretty good argument that a demographic of people over age 50 actually probably prefer Facebook. You know, one question, like ClickFunnels Facebook group is something that's where you and, and Sinead connected first. So, so do you think that ClickFunnels would ever move their community off Facebook? Good question. So the ClickFunnels Facebook group is interesting because there's only about 100,000 ClickFunnels users and that Facebook group has like 250,000 people. So it's turned into a digital marketing Facebook group and not just a ClickFunnels user Facebook group, which I think, you know, ClickFunnels would be is is thrilled with. They're fine with that because it's got their branding. Most of the time people are talking about ClickFunnels and it's it's probably a good marketing opportunity. So yes, I think they could possibly have their community elsewhere, but that, that, a Facebook group like that wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. You know, I think ideally we would, we would figure out a way to have both sides, the Facebook group, as well as your own platform. Hmm. But wouldn't that, so then you decrease the synergy of both groups. Yeah. Cause some people I'm, would primarily. <laughs> I'm not saying I have the answers, man. 
<laughs> but there's you, certainly there's certainly advantages to having the community on Facebook, and there's okay. certainly great disadvantages as well. So how can we figure out a way to to have the best of both worlds? I don't know. I'm working on that. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. So just to give an update back from the Mighty Networks episode, I, I mentioned that I'm in a $100 a month membership and they had just moved it off yeah. of Facebook to a service called Honeycomb. Yeah. It's It has two M's in it, but eventually people were really frustrated with that experience. Um, there was a lot of complaining that it was just awkward to use compared to Facebook. And so uh, after about three or four weeks, um, that that membership that I'm a part of, they moved their pay, their membership back to Facebook group. So have you got an experiment with uh, Pat Flynn's Circle program at all? Yeah, I've looked into Circle. I've looked into Honeycomb. Uh, I've played around with them. And I'd be curious to know in that particular case with the membership you're a part of is if it was truly about the experience in Honeycomb versus Facebook or if they could have done a better job with setting it up. Mm. And that's one of the things about these these all Facebook uh, community platforms is it's a lot more work to just like design and figure out how you want it to work and how you want it structured. And it's very possible they just didn't spend enough time thinking about the best way to to lay out the experience for their users. And that's why it didn't work. Not that it wasn't Facebook. Mm-hmm. So then uh, you guys discussed gamification a little bit. And I was curious, have you experienced gamification in a course that you've actually personally taken? Gamification? No, I don't think so. I don't think I have. Have you? No, I haven't. And uh, I had to be honest, like the concept that if I was in a course and you said, okay, you have to make it through these three modules, then you get points and then you can get this added content. There's a part of me that thinks that I might become a little bit of a Karen where I'm like, sending you a nasty email like, hey, dude, I already gave you $1,000. Like, if I want to, if I want to see the content, like, just give me the content. So I think if I was going to add gamification to my course, I would actually want like a cheat or skip button where uh, I if somebody is like, you know, I just want to view the content, I want to interact with this at the pace that I want, that I would give people a bypass around it. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Gina at Mighty Networks is actually kind of anti-gamification. That's not one of the features they particularly like in a, in a course and community platform. And that is something that I'm looking into. And I do plan to have some elements of gamification as part of where I move to at some point, but it's not a high priority mm-hmm. because of reasons like you're talking about. I can't imagine like holding back certain content until they do certain things. I would probably implement it more of a way of, you know, giving badges or or mm. points or something and kind of having a leaderboard but I'm not going to hold back any content but things like you know uploading a video of you playing piano no matter if you're on day 2 or you finish the course that is extremely powerful to to upload it and let the community see you playing and give you praise and or give you feedback like hey this is cool but you could be doing this better that is so so valuable for an online piano course because you're con- if you're taking the course you're consuming the information from me but then you're not getting that direct feedback from me or anybody else on how you're implementing that information so that's really important that people do that and a lot of people do that in the Facebook group but if i could somehow you know give you a badge or a certain number of points when you upload a video it's possible that psychologically it'll make you want to do it more i don't know I'm just giving you an example. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That sounds like a good approach. So the last thing, uh, it was an interesting discussion about just the obstacles of putting an app on Apple's app store. Yeah. And uh, I've been following the news story a bit about where this Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite, um, they basically are trying to fight the Apple store. And uh, they, they tried to let people buy things in the Fortnite game without going through Apple's uh, paywall and the 30% charge 
And when I listened to it, I was kind of on Apple's side. I was like, no, they created the marketplace. They got, you know, the largest network of, of, of kind of like wealthier customers in the world. And if they want to charge 30%, they should be able to. Uh, but just this brief discussion just really like made me think what a 30% hit feels like as somebody who sells products. And that's just like, it's so huge. Like, and, and be, so before, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel that 30% personally, but that's huge. <laughs> it's huge. It, it is huge, which is why people look for, for loopholes, ways around it. But to your point, it's Apple, it's Apple's platform. They created it. You know, mm-hmm. they created the app store, what, 10 years ago. I, I remember when the, the iPhones and the iPod touches first came out, there was no app store. And I remember before I got the iPhone, I got an iPod touch because I wasn't on the right network to get an iPhone, but I wanted to play with a cool device like that. And I remember hacking and, and backloading apps on there because people were were behind the scenes making apps, even though there was no app store and technically Apple didn't allow apps. But now look at look how powerful it is for them. And they they created it. They created the platform. And the thing is, what if they charged 80%? Right. Like I don't think that I don't think anybody's going to leave iPhone based on things like that. Like they made the iPhone, they made the App Store, they made the platform. They can do whatever they want with it, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's up to us as consumers with what we want to do with that information. It's very frustrating as a business owner and somebody that wants to have an app that they want to do stuff like that. But you know, it's their choice. <laughs> you know, right. so could you um, could you tell what, what do you think my most the most frustrating part of this conversation was for me? They currently don't have the app available. And that's top priority? Well, not the app. It was it was more high level than that. And and by the way, really enjoyed, you know, I've met with Chris multiple times, but really enjoyed the conversation. Always enjoy speaking with Chris. And I love how passionate he is about the user experience and basically his customers' customers' experience, right? But I'm actively looking for a course platform mm. to move to. And every time I asked him questions like that, he always talked about future features. Right. Right. And that was really frustrating for me. It's like, Chris, no, why should I move there today? What's the reason? And we finally got the answer, you know, why why somebody like Jonathan would use Members Pro. And and that's the reason that I recommended Members Pro for Jonathan is like if I'm cho- let's say I'm choosing between like Teachable and Members Pro. Well, I'm going to go Members Pro because they're basically the same features. I've gone through Jonathan's course. It's a very very nice experience. You're getting a an online course platform, but you're just not getting a lot of bells and whistles. So, it's very similar to a Teachable, yet you have a very very approachable ownership, right? Mm. I, I, you'll, you'll have, like, if you sign up for members pro, you'll, you'll have a personal relationship with, with Chris and Sinead. You know, they, they started two or three years ago. They, they've got, they've got tons of, uh, clients. They, they even have some bigger name people. I know Steve Larson is on there. Um, and, and maybe Marley Jacks, like there's, there's, there's several bigger name people that are using it and loving it. Jonathan likes it a lot. But it doesn't have a lot of the features that I that I need for for my stage in an online course platform. Mm. But for those that are just starting out and you don't need all the bells and whistles, it's good. I've used it, and, and props to those guys for creating it because it's it's very very good. And I really am excited about seeing what it is in a year or two years from now because they've got some great plans. But it's just mm-hmm. not what I need today. So uh, with that said, David, um, is that the extent of your kind of takeaway list? That is. Cool. Well, thank you, David, for joining me for another episode. And thanks to Chris Benetti and Sinead uh, for this conversation about Members Pro. Thanks to Jonathan for the win of the week earlier. And thank you, everybody out there 
listening to the online course show. Really appreciate you as well. Uh, the show notes for today, this is episode 153. So you can find those show notes by going to oc.show slash 153. And all of the details of everything that I've got to offer in terms of helping you with your online course business, whether it exists or not yet, is over at theonlinecourseguy.com. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next week. Oh,